Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tunes without the words and never stops at all. Emily Dickinson Welcome to Long Haul Hope, a podcast for long haulers, their loved ones, and those who care about them. My name's Joe Grabowski. I'm a husband, a father, a pastor, and a tech geek. I've had lifelong struggles with depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and I've also most recently been diagnosed with long-haul COVID after suffering from shortness of breath, severe fatigue, and brain fog for over two years now. Long Haul Hope is not a medical podcast, but a voice of validation, empathy, support, and solidarity. Most of all, it's my desire that this podcast will be a voice of hope in the midst of the darkness of a diagnosis we do not yet fully understand. Each week, I'll share personal updates, positive news developments, advocacy, helpful resources, which I hope will be of value to you in your journey with long COVID. If you felt misunderstood, unheard, devalued, or even been made to feel as though you're a hypochondriac, you've come to the right place. You are not alone. Together we are stronger. There is hope. This is episode one of Long Haul Hope. Today is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. My name is Joe, and I am really glad that you're here with me today. So in all honesty, I really wish that I could have started this podcast sooner. I had just about everything I needed. I had notes. I had the setup all set to go. So I only needed to sit down and press record and to talk for a few moments. But... So one of the things I found early on with long COVID is that there is no rhyme or reason to how I feel. Um, One day I could feel great. The next day I could be wiped out. And a lot of the time that could happen in the same day. I could wake up feeling good, energy, start my day on a good track, crash in the afternoon, feel this mind-numbing fatigue that aches down to my very soul, and then by evening, feel halfway decent again. I could have a stretch of days where I feel horrible. Um, Last week was one of those weeks. I spent most of the week with that horrible fatigue, with a pretty significant brain fog, no energy at all, and shortness of breath that wasn't explained by any other circumstances. So I had to limit my activities, and I had to push off this podcast. Fortunately, this week I'm feeling quite a bit better. But that leads me to the first thing I want to talk about a little bit. That's this this thing about hope. See, as you may have experienced with long COVID, you feel miserable for a long time. And you begin to think, this is how I'm going to always feel. And you begin to become depressed, anxious, despairing, and almost giving up a sense of hope that that things are going to get any better. And then what happens is you wake up and you have a good day. You feel good. You have no fatigue or very little fatigue. Your brain is on point, no shortness of breath, no tachycardia, no other weird symptoms. 
right? So it's a fluke thing maybe. But day two comes and you feel much the same. And day three. And then this thing, this dynamic happens and you start thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe I'm on the other side of this. Maybe I am getting better. And hope begins to arise. And you start, you start feeling very positive, sometimes for the first time in a long time. But what ends up happening is the inevitable crash. And I always like to think of it like Charlie Brown. Um, if you're familiar with the old scenario with the Peanuts comic strip where Charlie Brown and Lucy, Lucy would always tell Charlie Brown, to, you know, she's going to hold the football. She wanted them to kick it. And he'd say, no, I know how this is going to play out. I'm going to go to kick it. You're going to pull it away last minute and I'm going to fall on my face and look like a fool. She says, oh, no, 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 it's going to be different this time, I promise. So inevitably he falls for it. Well, there's this Charlie Brown, Lucy football dynamic to this condition. As you have a few good days and you start thinking, well, maybe this is it. Maybe this is going to be different this time. And then you're walloped. And you're out for a few days. So what does that have to do with hope? Well, I'm glad you asked. The next piece of this is acceptance. To say, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know if this condition's going to be forever or if it's just going to be something that passes over time. I don't know if it's going to get worse. And you start learning to live with it and, and just taking each day as it comes, right? And you're trying to accept it. And then this next thing happens. And this is something that's happened to me more recently. And this is this dynamic of where I recognize I'm not going to feel good every day. It's very difficult to plan. Um, I You can't ask me if I w could do something on Saturday because I don't know how I'm going to feel on Saturday. And I'm hesitant to commit to anything that I'm not going to have the energy for and vice versa. So trying to live with it, trying to pace myself, trying to learn all these new strategies of finding my new normal, of having a yet unknown chronic illness. So I was thinking, this is this is what happens to me now. Is I have this window, this good day, right? I get to work, whether I'm working from home or at the office. I wake up, I feel good. I feel like I have some energy and focus. And I don't automatically start thinking maybe I'm getting better. Instead, I tend to look at it as like a... Uh, a briefly open door and I think about all the different things that I have on my to-do list things that I really need to do things that I need to double down on and so I take advantage of the opportunity right so I've got this big list I haven't been able I've been making slow progress on it um, and I'm having a really good day and I'm realizing I don't know if tomorrow's gonna be the same I don't know if the rest of the week is gonna be the same so I'm gonna bust through this stuff I'm going to feel good. I'm going to get that dopamine hit from getting things done and accomplished. So I was talking about this with, uh, I started recently seeing a speech and language therapist. So I started, so I was talking about this with her. And as you'll find out about me, if you don't already know, I love word pictures. And uh, the speech and language therapist has really zeroed in on that. I told her, I said, this is, this is like, um, for me having, if you had a, like a big yard, like a at least an acre, a couple of acres, 
And during the, the spring, especially in the summer, you go out there and you'll mow it a section at a time every couple of days. You know, as not to overwhelm yourself and as to keep the yard maintained and, and reasonably looking good. So you've got that good rhythm going. You're out there on Monday and you're what and Wednesday and Friday and, and so on. And no matter if it's hot or cold, you're out there for a certain amount of time, then you go back in and you pick it up. Well, imagine doing that, but then having a rainy stretch where for two, three weeks solid it's nothing but rain. You can't get out and mow. Well, you know that grass is going to grow. It's going to keep growing. It's going to grow faster because of the rain. So you're inside the house. You're looking out and you're seeing this grass that you want to tame and keep under control. You're seeing it grow wild. So then comes a nice sunny day. The grass is dried, but it's very tall. And your better, your better self... <laughs> The better part of your mind knows this is going to be even harder to mow. So I'm just, I should just go out there and mow that one section as usual at the most, even if it looks like a bald patch. And then I'll come at it again in a few days and then I'll get it back to normal. Except that when you're outside and you're mowing, now because it's rained for a few weeks, there's the thought in your back of your head. It's like, I don't know if it's going to rain. What happens if I mow this part and then it rains again for another couple weeks? I'd better get this all done. And so the, one of those scenarios is you go out there and you push yourself. And maybe it feels good to be outside. Maybe it's not too hot. But you, you definitely, you haven't been outside at all for those last couple weeks. And now you just, you're mowing that entire yard. Right? You're going to feel good. You're going to feel accomplished. But you and I both know, too, that you're going to feel wiped afterwards. Long COVID or not, you're going to feel exhausted because you pushed yourself beyond what you normally do. This is life with long COVID. Those days where I feel good is like that sunny day, and I have no idea when it's going to be another sunny day. So the temptation, uh, the inclination is there to make the most of this time that I do have where I have the sunshine so to speak so i was telling this to the speech and language therapist and she thought that was you know a good analogy a good way to put it but she then said how she tends to think of it is uh, akin to food insecurity and she said which which i'm familiar with that that feeling when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from when you go to the refrigerator and the the refrigerator's, the refrigerator's empty, the cupboards are empty, and you're hungry. You know, you make do with what you got. Maybe beans and rice, ramen noodles, cereal, right? But it's this insecurity about food. And then you're invited to somebody's house for dinner, or you get paid, and you're able to kind of fill up your cabinets. Well, with food insecurity, normally, we, normally we would just, if we stocked up or we had an abundance, we would just eat and know our limits. But on a deep level of need, that food insecurity would drive us then to stuff ourselves, to make ourselves sick. Because on a deep level, we don't know when we're going to be able to eat again. So she said, this is like, a, so she calls it a, um, like a cognitive insecurity. 
it's having the clarity of mind and the focus and the energy, right? And knowing that you should still ration it out because you don't want to overdo it. But instead, taking advantage of that moment to stuff yourself, to push yourself beyond where you have any reasonable rights to do. And she told me that and I was, and I, that really resonated with me. I'm like, that's, that's so true. But then I said, how do you reconcile that sense of I've got to do these things? I have responsibilities. I have commitments. I have expectations. I need to get these things done. And she said, you have to accept that you have limitations right now. You have to show yourself self-compassion and kindness. And I have to... And so she encouraged me to budget my time to to pace to incorporate these pacing strategies, but also to budget my time, the time block that I'll work for two hours at a time, um, and then and then take a break to to rest to reset, and then maybe tackle another one hour two hour block of work, and then and here is the challenge, especially with ADHD that no matter how I'm feeling, no matter how productive I'm feeling, no matter what kind of track I feel like I'm on, to just stop. Look at the calendar, and make a plan to pick it up again next, but to stop. In other words, don't wait until the gas tank is on E. and Don't even wait until um, the gas tank is below halfway, because in this example, the... the um, the indicator is wrong. I have no idea how much gas is in the tank or not. So, as someone who has been diagnosed with depression and anxiety disorders, the potential when dealing with health things like this, it, the potential is always there to sink into this pit of despair and hopelessness, to give up. There are some days where the thought of just laying in bed all day long is very, very appealing. Uh, it's not, I'm not even talking about retirement and going out and living life and enjoying it. I'm talking about doing nothing at all. There's times when the fatigue is the worst where even things that I enjoy, like making music, playing on the computer, um, reading, even those are a mental chore and I, I can't even describe the fatigue I'm going to try to describe it in a different episode but it's just a soul sucking feeling inside of me when it happens that makes me want to literally crawl out of my skin but this brings it around to the word hope now hope again we tend to think of hope is like a wishful thinking. It's a magical thinking. We think about things that we hope are going to happen. We're not sure, but we hope they're going to happen. We hope we're going to get this gift at Christmas. We hope we're going to get that promotion at work. And so on and so on. But hope is so much more than that. When I think of hope, I think of the word love. Now, love is a really complex thing, and certainly I couldn't even, if I spent the entirety of this whole podcast on it, I'm not even going to scratch the surface. 
But you all understand that hope is an emotion, but it's also a choice. Right? Love. Love is both an emotion and a choice. And so the same is with hope. It's an emotion and it's a choice. When you're feeling the emotion, it's easy to make that choice. But when you're not feeling the emotion, it is really hard to make that choice sometimes. But it's still a choice that we have. We can love someone. We can have all the warm fuzzies in our heart for them. And that might motivate us and inspire us to do nice things for them. To make the choice to show love to them, to extend love to them, to forgive them, to give grace to them, to protect them, and all sorts of things. But those times, maybe we're not feeling the warm fuzzies. So maybe we're irritated, we're disappointed, uh, disillusioned with someone. Maybe somebody's hurt us and it's not resolved. Making that choice to love is so much harder. But it is so important. Anybody in any kind of relationship knows that to the core of their being. You have to choose to love every day not just ride the waves of feeling but to live the life to walk the path of choosing to hope of choosing to love day after day after day and so it is with hope we could say well I, today's a good day and i'm feeling hopeful about my future i'm feeling hopeful about my recovery and then we can have a lousy day and all hope is gone and we're back at that place of despair and apathy and not wanting to try anymore. And this is when most of all we need to choose hope. And it seems counter um, to our ways of thinking. But I'm thinking... Uh, of the story of the Chilean miners some years ago where they were trapped in the mine and they were in there for days in pure darkness. Yet they held on to hope that they were going to be rescued. Even as the days ticked on, even as the food started running out, the air started running out, they chose to hold on to hope while they were still living. And that is what us long haulers need to do. Is despite how we feel on any given day, despite the fickle nature of this condition where we are good one moment and horrible the next, we have to choose hope. Because without hope, we have nothing. Matter of fact, there's a passage in the Bible that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that is so true. That in this modern 21st century, we now know more and more and more about the correlation between the mind and body and emotions. But that simple proverb, hope deferred makes the heart sick, says all of that in one small phrase. When hope is put off, when we lose sight of hope, it begins to affect us physically. We begin to feel it inside. Um, we begin to feel empty inside. Whatever the case is, we, we lose our grip on what could be a better tomorrow. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
but a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. So we've got to walk through this condition choosing hope, walking in hope, choosing hope every single day, even when medical reports or our feelings, our circumstances would tell us otherwise. We got to say, I've got no other alternative. If I, if I let go of hope, I have nothing. I'm going to fall away into the abyss. So even if it seems silly, foolish, I'm going to choose to walk in hope every day. I'm going to walk the long haul, choosing hope. So as I said, hope is not wishful thinking, but it's a confident expectation. It's a confident expectation that something is going to happen. And so um, another quick story here to compare it to is, is when I was growing up, every year on my birthday, my dad would pick me up from school and take me out for the day. It would be me and my dad. So I watched out that window all day long with hope, with confident expectation. I didn't know what time he was going to be there. I didn't know if I'd be in a class or in recess, right? And the day could go on a little bit longer. But I knew with total confidence that my dad was going to come and that my name was going to be called and that I was going to spend the day with my father. And, and that hope never wavered. It, it wasn't just wishful thinking like, well, maybe he'll show up, maybe he won't. I hope he shows up. I hope he doesn't let me down. No, I. it was a hope. I looked out that window with hope, knowing that at some point he was going to show up. And this is how we've got to choose hope. So my, this podcast is my effort for myself at continuing to choose hope when it would be easier for me to give into despair. I'm not going to lie. There's days where it's, I talk about it now like, oh yeah, that's easy. There's days where it's anything but. And I... And I'm committing with this podcast because primarily this podcast is for myself to give me something to uh, anchor myself to every week, to share some of the ups and downs, the personal experiences, um, some positive news and research I'm finding, um, some useful resources. But I'm committing to be absolutely candid because some days this sucks. <laughs> um, and I know you can relate. Especially because it's it's one of those conditions nobody still really recognizes or understands. You tell somebody you have long COVID, but it's, oh, you look fine. They see you being able to do things one day. Um, or they hear COVID and they tune out. Because, frankly, after two years, we all have COVID fatigue. We're tired of hearing it. We're tired of talking about it. Um, so, in some people's minds... You say long COVID, they they check out. It's it's not anything to them. So we're going to talk about these things in future episodes. But I was wanted to start off with this word, this this word hope, and really what it means to me and why it's so important in the podcast name. I did a search when I was considering doing a podcast to see what other podcasts were out there about long COVID, and. 
I found several episodes of different podcasts that were about long COVID, but they were one-offs. I found a couple of medical podcasts, which were interesting to listen to from a medical perspective. And then I found one particular podcast, uh, Living with Long COVID with Julie Taylor um, over in England, who is a nurse whose life was upended from long COVID. And she started sharing her story and and get connected with me. But I couldn't find any other podcasts talking about long COVID. Um, there's, there's stories out there. There's many stories. I want to hear some of your stories. Because I think that we're going to find, the more we hear each other's stories, this is what I found on support groups on Facebook and um, through the medical center. The more you hear other people's stories, the the more you feel like you're not crazy, like you're not being a hypochondriac, you're not making this up. It's a real thing. Other people are dealing with it. And although you feel bad for them for suffering with it, there's there's something uh, comforting about knowing you're not alone in this diagnosis. So this podcast is my effort to um, continue to choose hope for myself, to hold myself accountable to it, to not give in to despair. Um, And if somebody else listens to it and gets something out of it and connects with it, then that's awesome. And if that's the case, I really would love to hear from you. Um, We're in this for the long haul together. But take heart because there's always hope. I'm Joe, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share, or leave a rating and a review. And I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at joe at longhaulhope.com and follow Long Haul Hope on Facebook and on Twitter. And as always, get plenty of rest, be compassionate with yourself, and keep choosing hope. I'll chat with you again soon.